Garfield Japan. Earthquake alert. Oh, wow. There is an earthquake. Oh, wow. You feeling it? I'm not feeling anything. I feel it. Oh, here it comes. Oh, shit. Are you okay? Earthquake. Yeah, I'm alright. It's shaking a bit. Your alarm went off. His alarm went off. My alarm's fine. <laughs> I thought Tom farted. <laughs> <laughs> One second. Is that it? Check the kid. Wow, an earthquake before we do the show, man. Is that an omen or a blessing? <clears throat> God damn it, this fucking coronavirus is driving me crazy. Is it over? Oh. That was a good, like, 15 seconds. Not too bad. <laughs> Sold is new. Oh, oh, by the way, we're recording. Okay. Like right now. Me and Tom, we're having sexy time. He's touching me with his voice <laughs> and I'm liking it. All right, you ready? <clears throat> yeah, I'm good. What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed, world-shaking Got Faded Japan. I am your host, Tom Tom Tokyo. I thought you were going to say something witty, but you didn't. You dropped the ball. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Faders, I'm Johnny. I guess Tom's a little shaken up. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it was a one chance to like one-up you and go first. You're like, oh, 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 he didn't announce himself. I'm going to go first. I'm going to get this one. Okay, you got this one. You can take it. You can take it. We survived this fucking earthquake. Uh, you might not survive the pandemic, but we just survived this earthquake. Uh, as you find folks know, Guy Fit of Japan is about two dudes, booze. Fan of the news. And I think the fucking earthquake just ruined a take before this. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Literally, shit, I don't give a fuck. Start to... No, no, no. No, <laughs> I, I, no, no I, I just think it's funny, though, because literally we're fucking warming up. We're doing the show, and then all of a sudden, Fucking like alarm goes off. Like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought that was a baby monitor or something, man. I thought it was like a baby monitor and like, I don't know, maybe your kid was, um, I don't know, yeah, pooping or something. <laughs> oh. uh, I just, no, I just went, I, I went in and checked my kid, but it was weird. I was like, I was like, ask my wife, I'm like, I have to be quiet. I'm like, is he okay? Blah, blah, blah. And then like, She's like, yeah, he's okay. You can check on him. Be quiet. And I look in, and his face is just like smashed up in the head against the headboard in this weird angle. And I'm like, is he 
yeah, yeah, right. My was like, no, no, no. He likes to sleep sleep that way. I'm like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> that is pretty weird. Oh, a couple of aftershocks. That's okay. Ooh, Japan is spooky. <laughs> you know what that means? That means I guess I'm gonna... we're rocking and rolling now. Yeah, we are rocking and rolling. That means I'm definitely going to start drinking gin tonight after I fucking crush this beer. Oh, by the <laughs> way, Tom, what episode is this? Uh, it's 526. 526. Now, speaking of world-shaking news, Tom, um, I was uh, checking out Facebook, as you do, and um, I saw some interesting news. I saw you, like, chilling on the couch, drinking a beer, which wasn't interesting, but something happened while you were drinking a beer, chilling on your sofa. What happened? My six-year-old's just, or sorry, six-month, <laughs> not six-year-old, six-month-year-old son just stood up on his own, like, fucking by himself and i was like holy shit that's pretty badass so your kid can walk now he's six months old kind of and he can kind of walk he's he's standing up he's moving around dude you know what i think i think that's called child abuse <laughs> what do you mean fucking child abuse he did it on his own i was just like minding my own damn business i was chilling and all of a sudden he just like he did it once and i was like holy shit like because like i if he's playing, like, you know, I, I normally let him go unless he's in a dangerous situation. I don't let, let him just do his thing. And I was like, holy shit, he just, like, fucking stood up on his own. And I called my wife. I was like, honey, 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 come here. And she's like, he, by then he'd already fallen. I caught him. He's like, no, no, no. He stood up by himself. She's like, no, he didn't. I'm like, watch. And he fucking did it again. And I was like, why aren't you videoing this? I was like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll call you back if he does it again. And I'm like, yeah, a minute or two later, he did it again. It was fucking awesome. And I just happened to have some awesome, like, climbing music in the background. It was fucking awesome. It's only, like, a 15, like, second video. But, like, man, I, sh- I should put that shit on TikTok. No, you should. You should definitely do that. You'd probably get a million downloads. But, right, Tom, think about this, man. I think it's child abuse because... You're making your kids stand up and walk around and stuff for one reason and one reason only for you to make him get you beers, dude. Seriously, man, if you got a little man running around and shit, <laughs> fucking getting you beers and stuff, dude, that means you can sit on your ass, watch Netflix, chill the fuck out, and you're like, yo, Dano, big blue, big blue. I mean, well, maybe the kid's learning. He's learning colors and he's learning big, he's learning shapes, you know, and stuff like that. He's walking, he's getting exercise. So maybe it's a good thing, but I don't know, man. I think it's a little bit on the child abuse kind of mm, gray area. Well, that was, that was my whole fucking thing. Like where I said, I get a dog, I get a dog, I get a really smart one, train it to bring me beer. So I didn't have to get off the fucking couch. I'd be like, Hey spot, bring me another beer and just come. Yeah, I would definitely do that, too. If I had a dog, that dog, sit, roll over, fuck that shit. Get daddy a beer, fucking yes, that dog is going to have one job and one job only. (laughs) Fetch. Yeah, you know what that does remind me of? You know what that does remind me of is, like, the fucking, uh, remember, like, a long time ago when we had Jeremy SHK on here and I just started bullshitting about my true lies because, like, you know, I just fuck with Japanese people and just tell them the most ridiculous shit ever and they just fucking believe it because they don't understand sarcasm here. Yep. There's one story I promised I remember if I remembered any good stories about fucking with Japanese people that, like, I I promised I would tell it on the air if I ever did. Um, is this that story you, know you taught your kid to stand up just so you can teach him to go to the fridge and get you a beer? No. Well, my child's not a monkey, no. But, like, uh, 
years years and years and years ago when i was when i was living with a crazy ex belly dancer like i used to go to yogi park all the time I remember. and like one day one day i went there yeah 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 it was, those were the days man that's some good times but like way back in the day like yeah i used to like used to go to yogi park and party and there'd be djs there live music everybody's getting drunk and fucked up awesome times man good times but uh one time i was there and like this lady had i shit you not a fucking monkey yeah people have monkeys yeah, in japan month- you can have a monkeys there's no problem getting monkeys here they're just fucking expensive as shit no, 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 I agree with you. No, 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 yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. But I, th- I thought it was fucking cool. I mean, so everyone's immediately crowding around it. And, like, it was fucking weird because, like, you know, you can see it. She's holding it like a baby. Like, you know, you, you can see, like, you look into its eyes and it, like, had, like, it's kind of like a baby where, like, you can tell it's, like, eyes are glimmering with intelligence. There's something going on upstairs trying to figure shit out. But anyway, I saw this. I took some pictures. Like, you know, she let me hold the monkey. She let me pet the monkey. I didn't pet spank the monkey. the monkey, but, you know. Yeah, I did pet the monkey a little bit. You pet the monkey. He yeah, but the I, got fucking, I got some fucking cool pictures and everything. And, like, yeah, we were, we're you know, like, me and, like, I didn't, you know, me and some of my friends were just, like, whatever, man. It's it's, it's pretty funny. And so I got to do that. And then, then I went back and told her, I was like, yeah, this chick had a monkey. I showed her pictures. She's like, oh, that's so cool. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know, it'd be awesome if I got a pet monkey. And she's like, really? Because, you know, like, obviously, if I said that to, like, most of my friends, like, you know, I'm fucking joking. You know, I'm just messing around, just clowning around and telling a fucking joke. But you can't get monkeys but, in like, Japan, so it's not really a joke. It's like it's like me saying, I'm going to get a dog. You're like, oh, you're going to get a dog. Well, what kind of a dog? I mean, for you to say, hey, I'm going to get a monkey. She's like, whoa, those are pretty expensive. You must be rich. <laughs> uh, that, that's the thing. Like, we lived together and she knew how much money I was making. You know, she knew how much money I had. But anyway... Like, I'll get to that later in a little in a little bit, but anyway, I said that to her as a joke, and she just totally fucking believed it. And like, she's like, "Really, really, really?" I was like, "Oh yeah, totally, honey." And then like, I kind of forgot about it, and then she literally went and told all our friends that we hung out with. So <clears throat> within like a week or two, we had about twenty or thirty people believing that I was going to get a monkey. You didn't and so they're shut asking me a lot. Like, no. Why would I? Be, what? I think it's fucking funny. By that point, it was. So it just became look funny. Like a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, she's telling everybody I'm gonna get a monkey. I don't know where she gets all that shit from. <laughs> yeah, I told, I told everyone I'm gonna get a monkey. I'm gonna pet the monkey. I'm gonna spank the monkey once in a while. Oh man. Okay. And that's everything, great. but like, yeah, but like, I just kept like. But no, no. But like, I kept adding to the story. So they kept asking me specific questions. What are you getting, monkey? Ah, you know, in the future, blah blah blah. And I kept adding to all the stories. And, like, that was one of the first things I said, like, why do you want a monkey? Because I think monkeys would be fucking cool because I could train it to go get me beer from the refrigerator. I wouldn't have to get up off the couch. Like, monkeys can do that, right? So after like, she realized oh. after she realized that you're lying to her and bullshitting her this whole time and shit, like, I don't know, one or two weeks later, did she leave you after that? <laughs> Is that the fucking the straw that broke the camel's back? No, it wasn't because I just kept I kept fucking adding to it because like I think monkeys would be the coolest pet in the world. It's better than a dog because like that thing can become your fucking best friend. We can sit there, we can sit on the you know I'll I'll teach the monkey how to like you know open a beer. We can drink beers together. We can smoke cigarettes together. We can do all this crazy shit. She's like, really, really, you're gonna do that? The monkey? I was like, fuck yeah, we're gonna do this. I'm gonna train how to get beers. I'm gonna tell them you know I'm gonna teach how to read so it knows which beer is which. And blah blah blah, everything. And I just like kept going and going and going. And by the way, she's she's broadcasting this to all my friends. Everyone 
everyone's just fucking buying it. Everyone's just fucking buying it and buying it and buying it. And like, so I kept telling more stories. I kept telling more stories. Like, you know, wouldn't it be fucking awesome when, when I, when I DJ, when I just fucking went to the club at a monkey fucking hanging off my shoulder, like I teach the monkey to DJ, it could be my DJ partner and everything. And it's like fucking buying it and buying it, and buying it. Going, Whoa. And which, and you wonder like why after, people don't trust certain... you, man. You wonder, like, when you tell somebody something, like, I don't know, uh, hey, Johnny, Tom said this. Is it true? I'm like, probably not. Dude, this is why, man. You shoot yourself in the foot all the time and shit, dude. Tom, Tom, fucking Tom. It's fucking Tom. hilarious because <laughs> it's hilarious. Any fucking dude. Western person, I, I think it's funny. But anyway, but yeah. So yeah, how long did you keep this, this like, fucking like, going? Was it like, what, a month or two months, like a year, five years? <laughs> <laughs> Three years later, she's like, "Come on, Tom, when are you gonna buy that fucking monkey?" I think it was almost a year. <laughs> it was almost not, but a I year. just kept build. I kept fucking building because no, because they'd ask me just dumb shit about it. And I just keep building to the mythos. Like, what are you gonna do with the monkey and blah blah blah. I was like, yeah, I'll teach you to do some tricks, blah, 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 this, that. And, like, you know, then we're going to DJ together. I'm going to teach you how to fucking spin records with me. And I'm going to have a monkey hanging out of my shoulder, which come to think of it, it would be pretty fucking cool if I was sitting there out there rocking it out and, like, a monkey was on, you know, hanging off my shoulder, spinning decks. But uh, anyway. Well, you know what? I saw the like, Tiger King. Come- and basically, the one thing that I learned from the Tiger King is that if you have an exotic animal, you definitely get girls, man, because that's what, or dudes, because that's what they, all those people did with these fucking animals and shit. They got, they use these animals to attract people for either sex or friendship or this or that or something. So, I mean, you get a monkey and you're walking around a club or something, of course, every girl's going to want to come over to you and slap your monkey. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Oh, no, I, I totally fucking agree with you, man. Like, you know, it's, it's a pretty good hook to like, you know, get, uh, you know, people in your bed. Anyway, but like, you know, I kept going and going and going with all this, and just like built what fucking way up. And like, everybody, like, all the fucking Japanese people we hung out with, we hung out with a bunch of them regularly. They like kept believing it, and like, I just kept building on it. Like, the, the fucking thing that, like, when she finally didn't believe me, I was like, you know, it'd be really fucking cool if I got a monkey and we got go karts together and we'll just drive around on go karts. I'll teach the monkey how to drive. She's like, whoa. And her response Wait a second. That can't be possible. And then she realized, right? <laughs> No, no. You know what her response was to that? She goes, "You, you can't do that." I was like, "Why not?" She goes, "Because it's illegal." <laughs> Belly dancers, uh, they're not known for brains, are they, dude? How many of those friends that you told that fucking story to are still your friends? Actually, quite a few of them. I still see quite a few of them. Like, uh, oh well, I should not be some because of this fucking uh, pink elephant situation, but like, yeah. I thought it was funny. It was it was a good gig. It kept rolling and rolling and rolling. I thought it was fucking funny, man. Oh my god! And this is coming from faders. This is coming from the guy that told me that smoking cigarettes cures the corona. I didn't say it cures corona. I said it might prevent it. Maybe it might prevent it. Maybe smoking cigarettes. Marlboro sales are up. <laughs> I used to smoke back in the day. Yeah, I'll fucking I'll go back to two packs a day. Sure, no problem, dude. So you read in a couple of articles on the internet from these like obscure French websites or whatever that if you smoke a pack a day, you won't get the coronavirus. No, I said maybe because the original articles I read that said about a quarter of the France's population smokes, but of the people who have gotten the COVID-19 virus, only 5% of them are reported as smokers. So maybe there's a connection that nicotine actually might help prevent it. Although did if you, you get do this get from it, like mad smoker. magazine. 
Three different articles I found. It, it might be bullshit. It might not be. You know what? I was going to fucking quit because I was only down to like a couple cigarettes a day. But now I'm just like, maybe we'll keep smoking. I think. All right. No, you know what I think this is? <clears throat> and, and all right, Vader's. I did see this online. I think because almost all of these studies are done in France and a little bit in England. I think this is basically the French and the British working together for them to tell the whole world that smoking is going to prevent the corona. So all of a sudden, the whole world starts smoking fucking two, three, four packs a day, right? And then secretly, the French and the British, they quit smoking. They stop smoking. Every single French person, every single British person stops smoking, right? Because the rest of the world is smoking. And what the rest of the world doesn't know is that it's all a fucking scam. They got together and they're like, you know what? We're going to kill the world. If we kill everybody, we are going to be world powers again. So basically, they get everybody to smoke, fuck up their lungs, because that's what the corona does. You get pneumonia, you fuck up your lungs and shit, you die, right? <clears throat> I'm coming from the guy that's coughing left, right, and center. But the thing is this, man. Exactly. So, I know. Hey, 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 hey. I don't smoke. But the thing is, if everybody in the world's smoking, they get the Rona, they don't survive and shit, who's going to be the world powers, Tom? Is it going to be America? Uh-uh. Is it going to be China? <laughs> no. Is it going to be Japan? I doubt it. Korea? Forget about it. Canada? Uh-uh. It's going to be England and France. The two countries that started this rumor got everybody smoking. And if everybody there is not smoking, dude, guess what? They're going to be the only ones left in the sand castle. At least the ones of power. So I think that is their angle. Are you at Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! If you're gonna get your fit on, you gotta get your fit on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade, and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade, badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing, it comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your bait on in style. Proper. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right. Over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need. And of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously, got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, 
they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya, about five minute walk from the station. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? Got Faded Japan has got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Gamuso Bar, located in Asagaya, Tokyo. If you're kicking it in Tokyo and you want to get your groove on, get your fade on, you better get your ass down to Gamuso. Gamuso is located in Asagaya. It's about 11 minutes from Shinjuku Station on the Chuo Line. Gamuso has weekly bands, weekly performances. And hell, if you got your own event and you want to hold it at Gamuso, we'd love to host you. So contact Gamuso at www.gamuso.com. That's www.gamuso.com. That's right. Gamuso has not only beers in the bottle, but beers on tap. We've got every drink you want, so come on down to Gamuso. Gamuso, and if I'm working, tip me. Hey, yo, what's up, baiters? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper. Well, faders, at the beginning of the show, we had a little earthquake, and I said something along the lines that that earthquake could be a good luck charm or it could be an omen. Well, in fact, it was an omen. Yep, the second part of the show wound up being dog crap because um, Skype kept on cutting out and uh, we could barely hear Tom. And then we re-recorded the show, and in that case, what happened was the the volume for something that I don't even know of just for it just reset itself so all the volume levels were set really really low i don't i don't know why i don't know why technology sucks but um this is the third attempt to record the second half of this show and um a good thing is um in this part right here it's mostly me doing most of the talking because uh, i'm introducing a band that i've been talking about for like the last couple of weeks and uh yeah but the sad thing is tom is not here he's got to take care of his kid he's got to change some diapers but don't worry don't worry don't worry I'm going to introduce a band that I learned about when I was in college. And ever since then, I've been a fan of the Boredoms. 
And without further ado, let's study boredoms. <clears throat> Playing a game of chess with nunchucks is easier than describing the brutally influential sounds of the boredoms. Some call it noise rock, experimental music, psychedelic screamo, Japan noise, and others call it, well, trash. Now, I don't love everything that the boredoms have created, but I do enjoy and respect the majority of their catalog, and so do a great many other folks. The boredom sound and performance style can be directly linked to a great deal of artists, performers, musicians, and bands. A perfect example would be Mike Patton and Buzz Osborne's band, Phantomus. And if you don't know Phantomus, stop this podcast and download Phantomus. Trust me, you'll like Phantomus. The boredoms were birthed in a little Japanese town known as Osaka, which over the years has been the stomping ground of many artistic masterminds. But before I move on with the boredoms, I must first introduce the precursor, Hanatarash. Hanatarash was created by frontman Yamantaka I, and a few other folks who left the band soon after they changed their name to the Boredoms. Hanatarash was known for two things, their explosive wall of sound and their violent performances. At Hanatarash's shows, hammers, power tools, mallets were not uncommon. And what was also not uncommon, people getting seriously hurt. Explosions, shrapnel, and flying blades were the norm at these shows. It got to the point where audience members had to sign waivers before they could enter the venue to see Hanatrash perform. And at one show, it was actually stopped because I was trying to light a Molotov cocktail on stage. Let me repeat that. He was trying to light a Molotov cocktail on stage. Jesus Christ. An interesting thing to point out is that at this time, on the other side of the globe, Gigi Allen was also destroying stages and brutalizing audiences. Coincidence? Well, you be the judge. Soon after Hanatrash exploded, the flames went out, and from the ashes rose the boredoms. Many members of the band came and went at the beginning, but I was and still is the mind and soul of the boredoms. Now, with that being said, at the time when the boredoms were being formed, I brought in Yoshimi as their drummer. And if I is the mind and soul of the boredoms, then Yoshimi is definitely the nervous system. Listen to any of their albums, she totally kicks ass. I, I think she really holds the band together too. Soon after the band was stable, they released their first EP, Anal by Anal, in 1986. And, believe it or not, all three tracks on the EP are anal-influenced. For example, their first track, Anal Eater. Their second track, God from Anal. And their third track, Born to Anal, which will be inscribed on Tom's tombstone. Mark my words. The Boredoms then built up an underground following, and soon after, many other Japanese noise bands started to pop up around the metropolitan areas of the country. In 1988, two big things happened to I, which moved the boredoms forward. First, he became lifelong friends with the members of Sonic Youth. And the second, he got the boredoms signed to Warner Brothers Records in Japan and its United States imprint, Reprise Records. 
This exposed greater audiences to the boredoms and moved them along to much bigger and exciting opportunities. The boredoms then started touring with Sonic Youth. They played in bigger venues and infected larger amounts of people with their audio bliss. The word was out. The boredoms were officially on the map. And at this time, they released their critically acclaimed album, Pop Tatardi, which is absolutely brilliant. Pick it up now. They then became friends with Nirvana, and in 1992, they opened for them for eight consecutive shows. In 1994, they released Chocolate Synthesizer and performed at Lollapalooza. The performance is available for your eyeballs only on YouTube, and I must say it's electrifying. In my opinion, the American frat boy audiences of Lollapalooza were not ready at all for the boredoms. At the beginning of the performance, the crowd is moshing and going nuts. But by the end, most people were supportive, but they were also white-eyeballed. Now, on a side note, Chocolate Synthesizer was labeled one of the best albums of the 1990s by Alternative Press magazine. That's big. Throughout the years, the boredoms have maintained their core style of music, which has kept diehard fans happy but they have also experimented with different forms of noise music genre. In 1997, they released Super Eye, where the band explored and used a bit more electronics in their music, mainly influenced by Yoshimi, who then had a side project that was more of electronic-sounding kind of music. But that's another story. Then they released Vision Creation New Sun, a fusion of old-school punk, Japanese for lack of a better term, and club music of all styles from ambient to psychedelic hardcore. Some parts remind me of flipping through the channels really quickly on an old-school TV set that only plays Static, VH1, MTV, and The News. It's, it's cool stuff, and if you want to check out the Boredoms, it's actually a good CD to start with. Over 30 years, the Boredoms have been producing music and touring the world. And as stated before, they have influenced countless performers, artists, musicians, and bands, and they continue to do so. If you ever have the opportunity to see them perform, I highly recommend it. It's not only a good time, but it's also a life experience. The current members are I, Yoshimi Piwi, Yojiro Tatekawa, Shinji Musuko. Ah, Masuko. You knew. You guys knew I was going to mess up with those names. Oh, man, I can never keep names together. I can barely keep Tom's name together. All right, moving forward, interesting facts about the boredoms. Fact number one, the Flaming Lips worked with Yoshimi and released a track titled Yoshimi Battles Pink Robots. They actually even made a music video, which she stars in. She's on this table, which is on the stage, and she's eating fruit. And if I can remember correctly, she's throwing fruit at the audience. It's kind of cool. Fact number two, I is infatuated with the number seven. It's his favorite number, mine too. And he even had a seven neck guitar built called Savina. He loves the number seven. Fun fact number three, on July 7th, 2007, in Brooklyn, New York, the Boredoms played with 77 drummers for a 77 minute long piece called 77 Kind of cool. And that, that video is actually also on YouTube. You should check it out. It's pretty awesome. 
Fun fact number four. I is a DJ and goes by the name DJ Picka Picka Picka. He's got a CD that sound. It's pretty good stuff too. Fact number five. I is an artist and he has designed most of the Boredom's albums and has also designed one of Beck's CDs titled Midnight Vultures. Fact number six. The Boredom's adapted the name The Boredom's from the Buzzcock song titled Boredom's. Boredom's. Great song, too. Fun fact number seven, and lastly, I had the great opportunity to meet moi, Johnny, in 2003 at a nightclub in Rapongi called Club Core at a bizarro party. The story is this. I was working for a... Um, it's kind of a fashion culture magazine called Club Life, which was based in Toronto. I was just a freelance writer, and um, I was hired to cover my friend's event, which was like this crazy, crazy event. There were girls getting their face tattooed. There were robots fighting each other. There were dudes dancing with like just balls of fire. They had this uh, VIP room, which had like just like pure hardcore sex shows where just use your imagination. It was crazy. He had uh, porn stars DJing. It, it was just insane, insane, absolutely insane. There was blood play going on where like girls were cutting themselves and throwing darts at each other's asses. It was a really crazy event. Um, I'm going to put photos of this event on the uh, on the Patreon page. So if you want to see how insane it was, there you go. Check it out. And that's another reason to send it for the Patreon. Um, yeah, so anyway, I was there and uh, the organizer, his name is Charlie. He's been on the show. He's a Japanese dude. He's, he came up to me and he's like, Johnny, I need you to meet this guy. I'm like, okay, cool. And he pulls me up to like through this crowd to this one guy. It's like a small little guy with dreadlocks. And he's like, hey, this guy, his name is I. He's the lead singer of the Boredoms. And at the time, I knew the Boredoms. I was like, holy shit, you're Ivan the Boredoms? Oh, my God. And at that time, I didn't speak any Japanese. So I'm trying to communicate with this guy. And I don't know what was going on, but he was just staring at me with no expression on his face. Just His eyes were just deadlocked on my eyes and and i'm talking to him and he doesn't say anything or anything at all and i got to the point where i was just like oh wait he doesn't understand i'm like Kanichiwa. he goes Kanichiwa. but he, he i don't even think he blinked he was just staring right at me it was like kind of weird <laughs> it was a little uncomfortable i guess i don't know and then again i was drunk but anyway i tried to communicate with him for a little bit and stuff and yeah it was just hopeless so i shook his hand and then i tried to buy him a drink but then he disappeared <laughs> maybe i was too intense Anyway, so that was my uh, one moment meeting I. And um, yeah, I've got only great things to say about him. And um, of course, as you heard, I love the band. The band is so great. Um, check out the Boredoms. If you do, listen, stop what you're doing right now. And first, check on the Boredoms. Just download a couple of their CDs. And the way I enjoy the Boredoms is you got to listen to the whole CD, the whole album from the beginning to end. Don't just listen to one song because listening to a CD is kind of like listening to an experience. You know, it's, it just kind of goes and sync together. That, that's how I enjoy it. And that's how you should as well. And then after that, of course, support Phantomus. It's a great band as well. It's fantastic. All right, faders. On that note, thank you for tuning into this episode of Got Faded Japan. Uh, I believe this is episode number 526. No, 27. 527. Um, I think tomorrow we're going to do another show, which is going to be the standard Got Faded Japan show where we're going to read the news and we're probably going to get really, really, really drunk as usual. And uh, it's going to be a good time. So make sure you sit back, relax, and uh, drink with us. Get your fade on with Johnny and Tom and enjoy the the comedy hijinks that pursues.
All right, feeders. Um, oh, yeah. One more thing. Uh, as you all know, we do have the Patreon. It supports us. Thank you very much for everyone who has supported us on Patreon. It really means a lot to us. And I know times are tight. So if you can't support us on Patreon, definitely go down to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Write something groovy. It costs nothing. Zero. Nil. Ah, but it means the world to us. So please do that. All right, on that note, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you tomorrow. Peace. My own brother, a goddamn shit sucking vampire. Oh, you eat till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! <laughs> you sure I should do this, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Oh, man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.